good evening, everybody. It's good to see everybody out. I want to welcome all of our church family and welcome uh, any visitors. If there are any visitors tonight, I want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. And if anybody's joining us online, uh, thank you. It's uh, just good to be here to hear from God's Word tonight. So we just got a few announcements to run through uh, before we begin um, the rest of our service. Uh, just out there between the, the buildings is the, uh, uh, the collection for the Camp Leonardwood Pantry. Um, you guys have seen that. Any questions? See Brother Tim Huggins. Um, about that, how about the soldiers, and then Awana Career Day uh, will be coming up February 28th, um, hopefully you guys will dress up like as a pastor or something and shave your heads and be like Pastor Ray or something like that, I'm just kidding, I don't know, <laughs> and then the Recharge Chopped Cook-Off, that is this Saturday, so six days away from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m., that's a lot of fun, the cost is free, so see Pastor Brett for uh, if you have any questions about that, and then March 3rd, uh, so a week from today is Baptism Sunday, if you uh, have any questions about that, see Pastor Ray um, for that. And then the kids' uh, spring trip to the zoo is March the 30th. Uh, price is $15 for ages 12 and up, $10 for ages 3 through 11. And that payment is due by March 10th. That's coming up uh, pretty soon. There's a sign-up sheet on the bulletin board there. And then the $50 deposit due by March 7th uh, for Kobiak. I know a lot of you have gotten that into me, so I uh, appreciate that. And if um, if you have already done the deposit yourselves, if um, I'll try to connect with you all, but if you could let me know also so that I can um, just know that every teen is signed up for, for camp and everybody's going. And then our missionaries of the week, our missionary, is Josh Zacharias. He's in Australia, and this is his first year on the field. Uh, we heard a bit about it this morning, but um, specifically he's asking for prayer for Caleb and Harper as they continue to grow in their faith and witness more. And he's pr- asked for prayer for God's guidance in how to edify and equip other believers and for more opportunities to share the gospel. So let's remember uh, Brother Zacharias in prayer as he's out there. And if I could have the ushers, please come forward to receive our tithes and offerings. And uh, Brother Ed, uh, could you uh, pray for us? Uh, Pray for uh, Brother Josh Zacharias and for the offering and for our service tonight. And for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can give. And, Lord, I pray you might bless this offering. Help us, Lord, to use it to furtherance of the gospel. I pray for Brother Josh there in Australia and the needs that he's uh, brought up. And, Lord, I pray that you might meet his needs in just a very special way. And, God, the missionaries that we support all over the world, we just pray that you would bless them in a special way this week. Lord, uh, we pray for Brother Ray as he preaches the word of God tonight that, you would bless, and that your will be done in this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I thought about coming up with my mic, like, down here, because that was a fashion statement this morning. I, just, I decided against it, so you wouldn't be able to hear me anyways. All right, go ahead, and you can rain see it as we sing three verses of Trust Me. Do you trust me?
Jennifer's, will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me with your life? Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, 
and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. May your hearts be sanctified by God's word. You may be seated. All right, so I did this last week, too. Uh, I said we were going to shorten the service because we were going to vote last week, and then I <clears throat> was told in the service that we weren't. Um, so this week we are voting, and so we are going to shorten the service again, so I need you to stand up because this is our last song. So <laughs> go ahead and st- <laughs> I'll have to say, go ahead and stand with me. As we sing our hymn of the, hymn of the day, we learned, relearned this morning, we'll sing all three verses of Lord Build Your Church.
in. Thank you, Miss Becca. Many of you probably didn't know she played because we have to literally force her to play. But, uh, you know, we, I said, uh, we're putting you on the schedule. Huh? Yes, we are. I didn't really ask. You know, it's like that. You know what I was doing this morning? Like, you know, out of that comfort zone. Come on. So we met with eight people this morning about joining the church. Uh, that was exciting. So two of them were able to be back tonight. So Jonathan Reynolds, stand up if you would so everybody knows who you are. Have you trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior? Yes. And you follow the Lord and believe his baptism? And it's your desire to join our church and serve the Lord in this place. Amen. All those in favor, accepting Jonathan into the membership of the church, let them know raise your hand and oppose. Same sign. Hey, you made it. You're in. All right. Daniel, where are you at? Daniel Wayman, back in the back. Daniel, have you trusted Jesus Christ, your Savior? Yes. And you follow the Lord and believe his baptism? Yes. And it's your desire to join this church and serve the Lord in this place? Amen. All those in favor of accepting Daniel Whitman into the fellowship of the church, let them know, raise your hand. And oppose. Same sign. Two. All right. So at the end of the night, I may not remember, but uh, if you guys will just kind of stick around where you are, people now know where you're sitting, and they can find you and welcome you officially uh, to the congregation. So uh, we also, uh, every Sunday night, we've been going through and giving some uh, opportunity for testimony. So the last, or the chorus of our Hymn of the day, I like that. So Pastor Brett's taking old hymns of the month, because we have how many now, Pastor Brett, hymns of the month? 75. 75 hymns of the month. But the problem with that is, you know, if we sing them for a month, then you put them back. We haven't sung this one since for three years or whatever it is. So he's like, let's dust it off and bring it back out. We'll do hymns of the day, kind of re- reliving them. But uh, that, that verse or that chorus said, deploy the church, right? What does deploy mean? Send us out. Let's go. And that's what we've been talking about on Sunday night, or letting you talk about, is how as you've been going out, how you have had opportunity to talk to people about Christ. Uh, And so I want to give that opportunity again. I'm going to start it a little bit differently because we have somebody visiting with us. They're not going to join our church. Uh, But uh, they are, how many of you live in Johnson County? How many Johnson County residents? Hold them up high because he wants to see your hand. All right, there you go. Uh, we have with us an independent fundamental Baptist, born again, who is in politics. Can you actually do that, be in politics? And do it? <laughs> yes, you can. Let me prove it to you. There are three institutions that God established. He first established the home. And his expectation is that his children will be vibrantly involved in the institution he established called the home. We have an institution that God established called the church. And it is clearly in the Bible God's will for his children to be vibrantly involved in the institution he established of the church. Why then when we get to government do we think that somehow God doesn't want his children involved in government? That doesn't even make sense. Look at the length God went to to get his children involved in government. He said, you know what, we'll just let this whole city be taken captive and brought over here to this country and Daniel will become... You know, third highest or second highest in the kingdom. We'll take, you know, we'll take the, na- we'll, we'll send a drought and send the nation, of the, the entire nation, the family of Israel at that time, 70 people, uh, to Egypt so that Joseph can rule, right? I mean, God puts his people in leadership. So I'm going to ask Brother Ron Bates if you would first, sir, share your testimony. We want to know if you, you know Christ, and then if you want to say something about what you're trying to do for the Lord out there in Johnson County. That'd be great. Go right Thank in. you. Yes, it's a privilege, uh, number one, to be here with you, Pastor Ray. I know we go back a lot of years. 
Uh, 35, 40, Something like I don't that. <laughs> no, somebody, oh, you, you came after me, so maybe yes, not sir. that close. I'm at Suburban. I've been there 25 plus years. That's how long. Actually, he was there before I got there. I'm on South there. I was there before everybody. One of the teachers there as well. But I was saved when I was 15 years old and in a place called the uh, uh, State of Misery. Uh, that's Missouri, <laughs> by the way, down in the Boot Hill. And I came to a realization that, uh, that I needed the, the Lord. And so I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior when I was 15 years old. I got back to a little bit. Uh, I got back to the Lord when I was a senior in high school. Went to a youth camp, and I believe in camps. And that's where the Lord turned my heart around, gave me direction, and graduated college. Well, I did graduate college, but I graduated high school first. Uh, 1966, I know that starts telling my age a little bit. I was born in 61. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> And uh, so uh, I uh, then uh, graduated in May, and then in June, and I won't go through all the, the circumstances there, but I believe in God's providence. And in June of that year, I was a, I was a student at Tennessee Temple University. It was Tennessee Temple Schools at the time, and I would work scholarship. Work about the way through. I tell my students nowadays, I cram five and a half years into seven. Or in the eight, uh, getting a degree, and then it's just, uh, then of course, in, in that time I, ma- I was married uh, to my wife. I helped me, and uh, she's my she's my rock besides the Lord, and uh, and so from there, of course, I was able to graduate uh, again college in 1974 when I was teaching uh, in a Christian school, and I believe uh, in Christian education. I always have, and, and that was kind of the, the, the bird that God placed on my heart. Because I believe in Christian education, somebody's framed this frame this way: the heart of education is the education of the heart. <laughs> and uh, and so that's what I've been involved in doing. But in, in the meantime, uh, I also believe that as Pastor Ray just been saying, you know, that you know, believers, uh, you know, God instituted government, so why shouldn't believers be involved in it? And if He so desires for you to do that, it puts that burden on your heart. And I've been doing that now since. A long time. I spent uh, two uh, two terms in Loves Park, Illinois. Uh, if you want to check the record, <laughs> and then I was just recently uh, elected to the Greenwood Common Council uh, for four terms, and now this opportunity came up to run uh, for a county council in Johnson County. Uh, I've got more information on the back that I know you've got another thing going here tonight. I want to take away from that, but I do appreciate the opportunity, the testimony to testify on behalf of the Lord because a testimony is not what you've done for the Lord, it's what the Lord's done for you. Mm-hmm. And he's been great things for you. And my life verse is Philippians 1, uh, 21, but my working verse, if you will, is Philippians 1, 6. And it says this, being confident of that very thing, that he that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So thank you. I appreciate being, being able to be here and move you and worship you folks tonight. Amen. So, uh, Brother Ron's deployed to government. Where are you deployed to? Where have you been sent by God out to? And what has God been doing in your deployment? So, who wants to go next? It doesn't matter to me. Ms. Trevina. When Pastor first started doing this, he said, if you have somebody you are particularly working with to share the gospel. So, we're like, well, we're new in the community, and we don't really know very much. But we do, we give a lot of tracks out mm-hmm. wherever we go and whatever 
in little ways that we can. We, we invite people to our church. We, uh, one time we were at a restaurant and there were a Filipino couple across the, the restaurant from us and I went to them and I said something in Filipino to them and I said, I, you know, we're new here but we go to a great church. We would like to invite you. So we just do things like that. However, uh, Thursday night we had an appointment with a window guy because we're going to get new windows in our house. So he was giving his his spiel and all that. And then we came about, he got sick during that night while he was giving his presentation. So I said, you know, we're going to die someday. Do you know for sure where you are going if you die? And he says, no, I go to a church here and I got baptized. Red flag, red flag. Mm -hmm. And so we, we did the Romans road with him, even the assurances after uh, getting saved. And he said, you know, nobody ever talked to us about this. And he was so appreciative that we, we explained it to him. And then he, he asked the Lord to ask he asked the Lord to be his Savior. And we were so Amen. excited because then I said, well, we can say something now when Pastor <laughs> asked. But anyway, we would like to disciple him. Yes. And we, he said that he, were, he, he and his family were coming today, but we never, yeah. they weren't here. But anyway, his name is Christopher Lewis. If you would uh, just pray for him because Amen. we want to see him grow in Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? John? Amy? <laughs> well, it's not a discount tire story, but uh, I had a unique opportunity to sit down with my boss this week because, as you know, it's tax season and we were, you know, getting all that taken care of together, uh, just, you know, printing out some forms and everything. But, again, you know, kind of like uh, the last time I had a talk with a coworker, we just found ourselves talking about the country uh, local government, uh, federal government, stuff like that. And uh, this is a man that I know he's been witnessed to before by those that have worked there before me. Uh, and I've witnessed to him uh, myself uh, once already. And so what I like to do is I like to have fun just getting those little jabs in there. <laughs> and so we were talking. He, he actually said to me, I'm afraid when my children become adults what's going to happen. I don't even know if they're going to make it that long. And I said, well, you know, for specific problems where our country is facing right now, that right now there are specific answers that we can go to in the Bible for. But ultimately, Jesus Christ makes the difference. Amen. Amen. And it was, it was great to be able to Amen. have that moment. Praise the Lord. Keep sowing those seeds. So I've witnessed to a family member um, a couple times, and it's um, not really ended in a faith statement. Um, and they were completely happy with where they were. And this past week I had another opportunity, and um, th this time I got an excuse that, the, that they were just fine. They were going to heaven because of church attendance. So we talked a little bit more, but it was pretty obvious there was going to be no statement of faith from this person. So um, 
but it's not. Um, we don't. We don't give. We don't get the fruit. You know, it's the Lord. Yeah. And so, um, I would love to say, in a couple weeks, a couple days, this person came to know the Lord. But right now, I cannot. Yeah. Right now, we're sowing in water. Right? God gives the increase. Amen. Yep. Um, with what's going on with Robert and stuff, it's been really kind of difficult to kind of get with people or whatever, but. Um, there's another manager um, I know very well, and um, she is a manager of another youth store. Anyway, she's an atheist, and she doesn't believe in God. She doesn't believe in the Bible. The things she believes in is kind of crazy. But anyway, we got to talk, and I got to share the gospel message with her. She actually listened to me, and she was curious about some stuff and everything. So I'm praying that um, she'll continue to let me talk with her and maybe even get to study together. Time for one more. If there's somebody else. Once, going twice. All right, take your Bibles if you would. We're going to be in Matthew, Mark, and uh, Luke today as we're continuing our study of uh, the harmonies of the gospel, of the gospels. And so we're looking at you know, the different stories in the Bible, where they fit in the time frame and, and the distinctions that the Scripture puts on them. Uh, we introduced John the Baptist last week, and so uh, we looked at his baptisms, things that John said in Luke chapter 3. I'm, you don't have to turn to all these. I'll just give them to you. We'll, we'll come to Matthew chapter 3 in just a little bit. Uh, but, you know, uh, this is where uh, the uh, Pharisees and scribes come to John's baptism and he looks out in the crowd and he says, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And, uh, you know, he's just calling them out for, uh, for being the phonies that uh, they are. And so that's John. He is just really uh, kind of in your face. And then, of course, we looked last week at how uh, he then talks about Christ. And he says, there's one coming whose shoes I am not worthy uh, to bear, I'm not worthy to unloose, to stoop down and unloose. Uh, these are the things that he says, and we lo- that's what we kind of looked at last week, were the things that, the attitude of John toward Christ, and it is an amazing thing, you know, this is, of course, you and I might say, of course nobody's ever going to become jealous of Christ, but you know, John and Jesus are earthly cousins, and can you imagine what it's like? to literally be in a position where he must increase and I must decrease. You're the older one. You're the one that kind of broke on the scene first because that's your job. Your job is to pre- prepare the way of the Lord. That is your job. And, and then your job is literally to step aside and let Christ have, you know, and we understand, humanly speaking, how difficult that is. Have you ever seen people within ministry have power struggles? Have you ever seen power struggles take place? They're ugly. They're ugly in politics. They're ugly in ministry. They're just ugly. Uh, And, you know, you have the potential for that right here. And yet John shows his character in his willingness to do exactly what he's called to do, which is to complete his job and step aside. And stepping aside, by the way, uh, means in prison. 
uh, we'll come to the story, but it literally shakes God's faith, or John's faith in God as he steps aside. Remember what happens when John is in prison? He sends his disciples to talk to Jesus, and they ask Jesus, are you the one, or do we look for another? I mean, his, sh- his faith is shaken, because here's John in prison, waiting to be beheaded, and his faith is shaken. Have you ever been there? That's John. We'll talk about that part in just a little bit. But now, this same John is going to baptize Jesus in John chapter 3. Let's pray. We'll jump into this. Father, we ask that you would help us to grow in your grace, to glean from your truth here in these passages as we look at the baptism of Christ. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's going to be a little... I mean, the Lord just works everything out beautifully. Uh, I've got the baptism of Christ. Followed. Anybody know what the very next thing after his baptism is? In fact, the Bible literally says, and immediately he was taken up in the spirit to be tempted of the devil. That one's going to take us a little longer, right? So it's like, ah, we, we can't get both of these in probably tonight, but that's okay because we uh, actually need the extra time, so that's going to be good. So Matthew chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Then comes Jesus from Galilee's Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. By the way, here in Matthew chapter 3 is the only place that we have this part recorded. Here's what the Bible says next. But John forbade him. John says, I have need to be baptized of thee. What? I'm paraphrasing it. What are you doing coming here to me? I should be coming to you. Right? I mean, it is a big deal. This is the only place. Matthew's the only one that records this part of this conversation. Why are you coming to me? I mean, it is a it is a big thing, right? So help me here. Answer why? Don't read. Okay, you, you might know the answer already in reading. But even if you read the answer, well, I'll, let's read the answer, and then you can tell me what it's actually showing up, right? Uh, Jesus said unto him. Suffer to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. What is Jesus actually saying? What is the answer here? John goes ahead and suffers him. John, John says, okay, I'll do what you're asking, but I don't feel right about this. I should be coming to you. What is Jesus actually saying? Or what's, what's taking place? Say it again. He's, he's setting an example of righteousness. In Philippians chapter 2, here's the way it says it, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, the, whole, it's the, the whole picture, right? It's, it's a picture of Christ. What is Christ doing consistently? He's submitting to the will of the Father. In Philippians chapter 2, he becomes obedient even to what? The death of the cross. I mean, that's how submissive he becomes to the will of the Father. And so, you know, Jesus is like, I understand what you're saying, John, but... We need to do this because I need to be the example. John, we need to do this because I need to show forth that, that willingness to submit. You know, Christ has no reason to get baptized in the, in the message of John. You know, John says, why, why should you get baptized? Why is he telling the crowd they need to get baptized? Because they're sinful, right? As a sign of repentance of your sins. And, and, and Jesus says, now, wait a minute, that's not what's ha- taking place here. Jesus has not sinned, and John is just struggling here. And this is the only, Matthew's the only one that records this conversation. Jesus is like, suffer now to be so, for thus it becometh us, you and I, 
to fulfill all righteousness. So he suffered them. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Now this is a, this is a big thing, right? So remember the economy that we're in. We're still in Old Testament economy. And remember what the Holy Spirit of God does. Remember? He comes upon people for what purpose? To empower them for what God's purpose is, right? That's really what, that, that's what this is all about. And this is a reflection of this. Now, again, you know, Jesus is God in flesh. The Holy Spirit is God in spirit. Jesus is God in flesh. And, and, but he is God. And so it's hard to put all of this together. It's a picture, literally, of the Father speaking, the Son coming up out of the water, and the Spirit of God. So you have the, the entire trinity of, of the Godhead represented here in this story. That doesn't happen all, often in the Scripture where they're all three seen together. It starts out that way in the, in the Scripture uh, in the creation, and uh, we see it in Isaiah pretty clearly, and you know, and here we are. So uh, he comes up out of the water, and the Spirit of God descends upon him like a dove, and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Um, all of this becomes a challenge. I, I want you to, I want you to catch the truth of this. Why did Jesus? come to earth and live out his life, why didn't he just descend as an adult human being and die and then resurrect and go back to heaven? Why did, besides the fact that I know that you're going to say, okay, well, he had to fulfill prophecy, but, you know, God's the one writing the prophecy, so he could have written the prophecy differently. Why is it that Jesus needed to live out a life. Say it again. Okay. He did this because he becomes a, a uh, priest who is in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. The Bible says he left us an example in sample that we should do what? Follow in his steps. Literally what the Bible is showing us is a, a life surrendered to God, empowered by the Spirit of God, has the ability to live out this way. And that's why our goal is to live like Jesus would live. Right? We are now empowered by the Spirit of God, we have the ability now to live out the example that Christ has lived. And so this is showing us this. I mean, I, I, this, I, I say this to people. I want you to grasp it. Has it ever dawned on us that Jesus went through puberty? Think about that for a moment. And think about what that means, guys, for all of us. Think about how bad it was, parents, when your teenagers were going through this. And Jesus is giving us an example of what can happen when a life is surrendered. We must fulfill all righteousness here. And empowered by the Spirit of God. And through Christ, the Spirit of God comes to indwell us. And it is possible. 
for us to bring our children to Christ and then empowered by the Spirit of God for them to live out a life that looks more like Jesus than us. Do you understand? They don't have to go through what we did. They don't. It is possible for them to live out. And so uh, it's kind of being shown to us here. It's just one of them. God says he is well pleased. Uh, in Ma- Mark chapter 1, and verses 9, 10, 11, we have the same story. And there's not a lot of additional information, so, but it's only three verses. Let's just read it. It came to pass in those days that when Jesus came from Nazareth, of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan and straightway coming up out of the water he saw the heavens open and the spirit of God like a dove descending upon him and there came a voice from heaven saying thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased but now in Luke chapter 3 we are given some more information this is the interesting thing about looking at the gospels this way because now we're going to have the same story but we're going to be given some more information Luke chapter 3, starting in verse 21. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus, also being baptized, what's the next two words? Oh, and pray. Now, Luke's the only one that tells us this, right? Not only is Jesus coming to be baptized, but Jesus is in an attitude of prayer. I mean, he is praying. That's what the Bible says. It adds this bit of information. Um... The idea is, you know, that Christ, as we're, we're living out our lives, we're supposed to be... See, have you ever thought about this for a moment? I'm going I'm to talk to the teenage guys for just a second, if I can. Uh, I, I know that I, you, if you've ever heard me talk about teenage guys, I believe that there's pretty much a 100% problem with the Internet and teenage guys across the board. I'm not suggesting that there are... Here's what I know. Empowered by the Spirit of God, there doesn't have to be. We just live in this, in this society. It's a, it's a tough society. But if we would focus on the things that God says we should always do, then those things, I believe those, that always key is the key to get us past some of this temptation that we're struggling with. You know, Jesus is praying here, and he's about to go into temptation just a little bit, right? But he's, he's in this attitude of prayer already as he is, as he is getting baptized, and he is submitting himself to the Father. But the Bible teaches us there are certain things we ought to always do. One of them is to pray. What's another one? Say it again. Give thanks. What's another one? Say it again. Love one another. What's another one? Praise. Rejoice. And the list is actually pretty short. You know, I, I, I think it's about nine or ten things that you can find out there that if you use a broad definition of always, that Christians ought to do all the time, that we ought to do all the time. And I am telling us that if you want to get victory over these things in your life, to, you know, adopt the always concept in the Scripture. Make prayer and an attitude of prayer a constant. Make an attitude of joy a constant an attitude of thanksgiving, a constant. Because it is difficult to go from, God, I am so thankful for what you've done, to God, I don't care what you think, I want to fulfill my own wants and desires over you. That's a difficult leap. You understand? That's a difficult leap. If we can get ourselves into the always place, and this is what Jesus is showing us, because it's just a part of what he's doing. 
he's coming to be baptized, and in, in doing so, he's fulfilling this attitude of prayer. And Luke adds that to us. And Luke adds another bit of information here we'll get in just a second. And the Holy Ghost descending in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. And I, I love the way the Bible, Bible says this. I don't even know how to explain it. And it says, and Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age. <laughs> I mean, uh, the began to be about is what throws me off. You know, he began to be about 30 years of age. That's what the Bible says. Uh, so he began to be about. But here we're given his age. We're not given his age in the, in the other passages of Scripture. Here we are. So at 30 years of age, Jesus begins his true earthly ministry. What's Jesus been doing for the last 29 years? Carpentry work, probably. Taking care of his mama. His dad died sometime earlier. You know, he's probably, this is what Jesus is doing. We, we're not told a lot about that, right? We're given a snippet of his life when he's 12. Uh, and and uh, that's just a snippet of his life. And then, then all of a sudden, here we are. Uh, we are, uh, we're ready for Jesus to begin. So, it is important to see as Jesus is, is approaching service that he has this attitude of surrender to God's will. That he is in an attitude of prayer. And that it is more about others than himself. John, I understand this doesn't make sense to you, but it's right for us to fulfill all righteousness. He's already, been, he's already got this focus on other people. Jesus is already showing us how to be successful in the life that he's called us to. Even in the very first steps of his ministry, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a, it's a challenge for us. And so here is Jesus about to begin. We're given these snippets of information. And uh, the next thing, by the way, that's going to happen, uh, as we, if we were to uh, continue to um, read Mark chapter 1, it says, and immediately, so Mark chapter 1, earlier in verse 11, uh, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In verse 12 it says, and immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness, and the temptation of Christ is about to begin. I'm going to give you something to chew on for next week. And I'm going to tell you right up front, it's not a fair question. But here's the question. Jesus is about to be tempted. Could Jesus sin? This becomes a challenge. It's a challenge of ages, by the way. It's not, you're, you and I are not going to answer this. Here's the problem. Jesus is God. Can God sin? No. Jesus is man. Can man sin? Yes. You deal with it. <laughs> you know, I mean, here's, here's the thing, right? Is temptation, if you can't sin, is it even temptation? Right? If you can't sin... Is it temptation? And so, but if you can't, if, but I'm going to tell you, he's tempted. That's what I can tell you. On the authority of the word of God, he's tempted. You're going to have to fill in that blank. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to answer it. You can't theologically really come to an answer because we can't theologically understand that God and man can be one. That's not, that's not something that we can fully grasp. And, uh, but he's about to be tempted, and we're going to look at that. Father, help us as we prepare for 
servant, to be willing, God, to submit ourselves to your will, to be willing to consider others first and foremost, to enter into a mindset, an attitude of prayer, that you might show us the awesome power of your Spirit working in us and through us. And Father, as we consider this life of Jesus and this little snippet of his life where he is baptized, uh, may we be willing to learn and to grow. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed for just a moment. We're not going to sing a song. The invitation is going to be right here, right now. You would say, you know, Pastor John, I'm facing some opportunities to serve. I'm facing, Pastor, some opportunities to either step in or step away. This is my choice. Step in or step away. But, Pastor, I want to follow the example of Christ. I want to consider God's will over my own. I want to consider others' needs over my own. And I want to enter into it prayerfully and not in my flesh. You say, Pastor, I'm, that's where I'm at. I'm kind of between that proverbial, you know, rock and the hard place. I've got some choices to make about where and how I'm going to serve. And I want to follow the example of Christ. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Thank you. Father, be with these that have raised their hand. God, I don't know what the opportunities are that you've placed in front of them. But God, help us to be willing to submit to you first and foremost, to consider others, and to go prayerfully forward. And may we know what it is, being empowered by your Spirit, to be used by you. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take a couple of minutes here and uh, give you a chance to do two things. One, to welcome Jonathan and Daniel officially into the fellowship of our church. Uh, and uh, you can refresh yourselves, get a drink. And let's plan on meeting back in here at 6.55. It is 6.49 on that clock right there. So you have about uh, five and a half minutes. Uh, let's stand and we'll let you be dismissed. And uh, come back in here for our business meetings. Yes, J.D.?